0: So sometimes talks take a a brout, what, a quick turn. And so I was sitting here this evening and um, suddenly there was a a quick turn in what I wanted to talk about tonight. And uh, I was looking for a story by, uh, actually, uh, the Mullah Nazaradin. And uh, he's out under a lamp in front of his house and he's searching all around and he's kind of Groping for uh, something out in the dark there, and his neighbor comes by and uh, says, uh, "Mullah, what are you looking for?" He says, "I'm looking for my key." And so the guy gets down on his knees and they start looking around where the light is. And and, uh, he said, "And they looked for ages." And he went, "Well, where exactly did you lose the key?" "Oh, in front of my house." And he asked, "Well, why are we looking in here?" He says, "Well, there's more light here." So I was looking probably in the wrong place. Um, one of the things that uh, comes up was um, I, I was reading through the interview sheets and looking on the last page, and there was uh, it seemed like every five or six, there was something about, uh, about coming in here and uh, sort of what's been happening in the world that's uh, been holding us somehow, some piece of holding us in captivity. And uh, I felt like, okay, I, I need to, to begin this uh, kind of first talk is to somehow address a piece of the collective as we go into our own kind of, uh, what, individual shadows here. And um, I remember last week, and I kind of, it's funny, it's been coined kind of what, uh, 911, the kind of uh, Tuesday morning. And I remember uh, my flight kind of, I, I was, anyway, I flew out and got turned around and came back to San Francisco. And I remember I walked in and there was the kind of the picture of the plane hitting that first, uh, I guess it was the second one. I was just kind of almost running uh, in the airport, just not knowing what was going on and stuff. And I remember going downstairs and uh, borrowing someone's cell phone. And I realized, what was was the impact of this? First, there was the sense of fear and feeling the fear in the air just kind of crystallized and then uh, there was a sense of need you know and that sense of need was actually for me was my family Uh, and how important um, those things that are precious to me that if I'm separated from uh, that um, uh, uh, the thing I search out it's a huge thing coming into a retreat and first of all in the sense that uh, we come in and uh, in this particular case uh, we're bringing a lot of the collective as I said when I looked through those sheets a lot of the collective shadow in with us you know um, And to get to the individual, I think uh, it's good to address that on some level. That was kind of my about face here. Somehow, uh, this willingness to kind of, uh, for myself, this sense of... um, What, to pause, Uh, just before I started this talk, was to pause and to feel the discomfort of that. And yet, there was also uh, an excitement there. That uh, when uh, we give ourselves that possibility of not knowing uh, what's next, uh, that there is uh, a a kind of a lifeblood there. Uh, that uh, I think is about the practice. Uh, So much of the time what we do is we kind of set ourselves up in little boxes and uh, create kind of this uh, safe, uh, we we, we work to have this kind of safe environment to uh, experience our lives in. But the truth is, it never was safe. Uh, That is the truth. And this last couple weeks, one of the things is that has been greatly disturbed uh, in this culture, in this time. And somehow it's also pointing to something deeper, which I hope our culture gets, uh, that uh, we have some choices. We have some big choices here. This is a, it's a quote from Ajahn Chah, the venerable uh, late Ajahn Chah. Um, we human being are constantly in combat at war to escape the fact of being so limited, limited by so many circumstances we cannot control. But instead of escaping We continue to create suffering, waging war with good, waging war with evil, waging war with what is too small, waging war with what is too big, waging war with what is too short or too long or right or wrong, courageously carrying on the battle. kind of sad. Uh, This is what we do. And this place, uh, where we are, this spirit rock, uh, is somehow, uh, it's this, really it's dedicated to the fact that we can somehow put that down. Uh, We can put down this, um, the collective and the individual struggle that we, over and over again, we keep uh, somehow uh, creating, you know. It's almost as if that um, even when it gets comfortable and safe, we again create dramas that uh, recreate uh, this type of suffering, And I guess the first thing, the first real acknowledgement here is that we do that. You know, we create this. You know, it's not separate from us. Um, the Buddha simply used the word, uh, and I don't know if it's translatable, as Dukkha. Um, Chaos, suffering, uh, unsatisfactoriness. Uh, uh, The sense that somehow through our ignorance uh, what we do is we create war. And probably we've killed you know, Uh, I read some statistics like a hundred million people in the last uh, 80 years or so in our uh, what? uh, needing to be right and um, out of our fear and anger. We're not separate from that. You know, last night I was talking about the fact that uh, in Cambodia, the killing fields uh, that you know uh, there were fifty thousand monks, and uh, not within less than a couple of years there were three thousand left you know, it 's awesome uh, i I was just in um, boston and and there 's kind of downtown there 's these uh, i don 't know what you call it 's a glass towers uh, with all the numbers of the people. Uh, who died in Auschwitz and in the different concentration camps? You know, um, this is what we do. You know, um, and we have to look in ourselves. This is not outside us. You know, uh, sometimes I think uh, that uh, uh, those terrorists, uh, the Hitler within us, that somehow. Uh, we're here, uh, first of all, not to bury it, uh, but to know that somehow in our cells that we have this as part of us, and that we need to address it and we need to transform it, you know, uh, not just for ourselves, but for uh, the world and our children and our children's children. And that's on the kind of large scale that we're experiencing. But there's the scale of coming here and somehow it's uh, going from the collective. And not to deny it or to uh, lessen it in any way. Uh, But actually to incorporate it uh, in uh, the individual experience that happens here. Uh, this is your first day. One of the truths of the first day is uh, that it's kind of like a, you know, some kind of wreck. <laughs> you come smashing up uh, against what? Uh, your, uh, your body is not used to this. Uh, I dare say that uh, probably everyone here has had tremendous amount of physical discomfort. Uh, that just goes with the territory of trying to arrive here. It's not personal. It's just part of this process. And that uh, somehow you're willing to hang out with this. You know? Uh, that's huge. It's huge. You know? um, it's interesting because we have this uh, kind of simplistic idea. Well. Uh, watch your breath, you know? And I think sometimes, well, if you were lucky, if you caught it once in an hour, you know? And what else was going on? You know, What was the body sensations? What are the stories? What are the tapes that you're running about uh, maybe the collective, uh, maybe your family, um, maybe the past? Maybe you're anticipating something. And we start running all that stuff, you know. Or likes or dislikes about this place, how wonderful it is, or how terrible it is, or how they should change this, or... You know, it's... uh, This is actually what the Buddha was pointing at, this thing called dukkha. Uh, It's not that it's a bad thing. It's simply that it's true. It's realistic. It's what we experience as part of being here. And we got to start somewhere, you know, in a sense that we want to wake up, well, first just look what's here. Uh, Today I was thinking this thing during the metta, look what we do to each other. You know, Uh, it's so hard to believe that somehow um, when I was 14 years old, um, I remember uh, we went for Christmas to, my mother took us to Bethlehem. And, and um, I remember we stopped in, this was in Beirut, Lebanon. And uh, she worked for the United Nations and kind of was into Gandhi and kind of world, this idea of world peace. And I remember she took me to um, uh, the camps, the Palestinian camps. And she said, oh, this is, this is the problem here is, Breeding hatred. No. And uh, I could see as a child uh, with the barbed wire and the children on the other side playing. Uh, I didn't know what that was like, but I could see that uh, certainly that feeling of separation and um, isolation. Uh, and. what that must cause. It's funny, it's such a great nation with such a huge collective shadow that it can't, you know, it's what you can't, the shadow is really what you can't see. And uh, I have trouble seeing, but I know it's there, you know, whether it's the piece about Um, You know, uh, being a, excuse me, you know, I'm a a white, uh, middle-aged male uh, who uh, is blinded by so much, whether it's, um, you know, race and uh, my uh, non-experience of, uh, uh, even though my teachers were mostly, I would say, people of color. And yet, through that isolation, I don't see uh, through this country and its. I don't see what um, the world collective poverty and what uh, through TV and media uh, what we must look like to the rest of the world. You know, almost the idiocy that. Uh, we have kind of portrayed in our—and um, maybe that's too strong—but in, uh, in light of the fact that, you know, less than, what, uh, 60% of people in the world uh, live in substandard housing, uh, what is it, uh, 70 out of 100 can't read, you know? How many die of malnutrition every day? This is, this is the shadow. This is the collective truth, you know. And so we need to have the opportunity to stop, sit down, and first of all own it in ourselves. And I'm, not, I'm i use the collective as a sense that w- that's been kind of put in your face, you know, in the last two weeks. Uh, but there's something else inside that each of us must somehow turn towards and begin to face. uh, We start with the simplest things, like the discomfort in the body. uh, And accept, instead of, uh, the whole cultural truth is, how have you been taught to deal with this? Is you turn away from it, Uh, You either find some, uh, either you go in your head, make up some story about it, or uh, you um, find some pacifier out there, uh, physical, or you move away from it. you stiff-arm it somehow. And what this whole practice is saying, stop. No. Uh, This is to look and to to turn your attention towards it. Allow yourself uh, to notice and feel uh, what that's like. No. And this is in a minimal place. This is in a minimal place. Uh, we're trying to t- train ourselves retrain our minds to, to to just go there and watch how we experience it It's such a big thing, this word dukkha, this word suffering, this uh, chaos, uh, this unsatisfactoriness. Um, There's a great quote. This is a quote by George Bernard Shaw. There are two great disappointments in life. Not getting what you want and getting it. You know. Or Rilke, that quick gain of an approaching loss. You know. uh, it's kind of how it works. You know. But it's okay. Uh, the Buddha basically said, Oh, now that you get it, You know, or at least I think that one of the things I find in my own life is that um, it's something uh, I have to keep touching, uh, simply because I'm not. There's so many facets that I'm not aware of. I don't know uh, in the in myself and in the collective of the amount of suffering. It's also my willingness to feel that is also what opens my heart and uh, allows me sometimes to see clearer. Uh, but I have to understand also, the Buddha said, you have to understand its roots. You know, uh, what is it that... Um, uh, not that pain isn't there, that's the nature of of the body, it's the nature of uh, being here on some level. But we can add and support it and make it uh, more in some way. Um, and he simply had this word, uh, which is a beautiful word. Uh, he called it Tana. Tana. And I like the translation, an ocean. An ocean of craving. That are wanting it to be different than it is uh, is the um, the power the force that moves this into deeper and deeper suffering uh, are wanting it to be something else uh, than just simply accepting uh, the truth of experience. So what do we do? Uh, We crave uh, somehow for uh, some kind of sensual satisfaction or Some way to get out of it, uh, nihilistic uh, uh, separation. Uh, so when we begin to see, that's what our tendency is. You know, first we have to fully uh, sit down, and we have to experience the depth. In this case, we came in with a lot of the collective, an acknowledgement and the the sadness and the grief of uh, uh, what we do to each other, and how uh, that uh, causes uh, the contraction uh, known as fear. And uh, uh, we want to get away get away from it. And so in a way, maybe this is kind of uh, an oxymoron uh, that maybe you think, oh, you come here uh, to uh, get away from it. Uh, but uh, from our point of view, you came here to actually get into it. You know, Go to the roots that uh, hold you in captivity. Uh, first hold you away from uh, the grief and the sadness uh, in the collective. Um, when I was sitting downstairs waiting for my bag after i had, I had left here at I think four o 'clock in the morning and a Tuesday morning, and I' had driven to San Francisco and early in the morning and gotten on a plane you know at six o 'clock in the morning and Uh, And when I turned around and got back, and at first I was angry because they wouldn't tell us what had happened. All they said is the FAA said that we had to turn around and go back to San Francisco. And so I remember just being very angry. And then arriving at the airport, and then I felt this fear. Um, And wanting just to, you know, get out of the airport, get out of San Francisco, (laughs) get over the bridges. And um, I remember when I was standing, waiting for my bag to, to go, there was this memory of uh, when my parents, uh, um, uh, when I, w- I was six years old and I was sent to boarding school in Switzerland, and I remember standing outside. My parents had, had rented this little Volkswagen they were going to drive to Spain. And, uh, I remember this sense of abandonment and don't leave me. You know, and that, it flashed through me, that same kind of, you know, uh, kind of fear. And how so many times our experiences are just replays of things that happen. Uh, and our job here is actually um, to heal and let go of the past. Uh, come to some kind of uh, balance that um, says quite simply that right now, in this experience, uh, that this somehow, this moment, uh, it's a gift. It's a gift. And however I am, or however you are, or however this room is. And whatever in time and space, uh, that at this very moment, uh, I I am enough here, you know, and that this whatever the circumstances are, this is enough, and that deep deep inside myself, I know I can relax. Uh, I'm through wanting it to be different. I see. Uh, the suffering. I know it, I know what it causes. In that moment, um, really what that is, is, is a moment of freedom. Uh, it's a moment of liberation. And so actually what the uh, Buddha was pointing to was that if you can simply, uh, first of all, you have to uh, kind of um, uh, realize the truth of being here and that um, it is chaotic and uh, we can't control it and that uh, uh, the human nature is, um, uh, there is this right and wrong and this constant uh, need to control and that control causes war. And war, those wars uh, cause uh, suffering and death and separation and isolation. Um, and so we, once we realize this, we begin to understand the craving. Uh, and then we begin to uh, come to a place like this and begin to experience that there is a simplicity that is not about the future enlightenment is not out there somewhere no it is actually here and it's part of the present and we choose uh, to be in our bodies to uh, not separate out and that if we have the steadiness, the steadiness uh, not move uh, into the future or to hold to the past, uh, if there are actually enough moments of this kind of awareness or mindfulness, uh, that there is actually the possibility of kind of a big moment of, of, of insight, uh, with the, which the Buddha simply called Nibbana, uh, the extinguishing. of uh, of our need for things to be different. Um, Freedom in itself is not, um, there is not a separating. Uh, It's really uh, this willingness to hold everything and not need it to be different. The Buddha, once he was enlightened, they say he never created any kind of karma. Uh, He was not choosing things to be different. Uh, He was simply liberating uh, the moment which sometimes was people and sometimes many people at once. Uh, I don't know if that makes sense to you. But it is saying that liberation uh, is um, outside uh, of the laws of um, good and bad, and happy and sad, and any kind of dualism whatsoever. It's outside of that. And we have the power as a human being uh, to choose that in any moment. It's never been away from you. Uh, And it's simply a choice. Uh, That first of all, you have to kind of uh, know what runs you. You have to know the self to let go of the self. Uh, And we're here studying the self uh, so that we know what we can let go of. Uh, And the liberation happens uh, not because there's any knowledge here. Uh, There's really, this is a deconstruction. This is a de-learning. And then there is simply uh, the awakening. <coughs> and this is from The Myth of Freedom by Chögyam Trumpa Renpoche. The attainment of enlightenment, from ego's point of view, is extreme death, the death of the self, the death death of me and mine, the death of the watcher. It is the final and ultimate disappointment. Get that? It is the final and ultimate disappointment. It's not somewhere else uh, it's not out there uh, sometimes I think it's just um, our ability to own uh, the whole and then uh, there's no you uh, there's actually no me there's just this the suchness the isness of things And it's, an, it's important. Uh, I think this is also another quote by Henry David Thoreau. In the long run, you hit only what you aim at. Therefore, though you should fail immediately, you'd better aim at something high. You know. uh, so why not? You know. Why not? Uh, this is not just a kind of a psychological fix-it-all. This is about the deepest uh, and uh, ultimate spiritual truth that you have in you the capacity uh, to uh, completely awaken. So really Incredible endeavor that we're on. Sometimes I've uh, uh, there's a lot of uh, in <coughs> sort of Buddhist translations. Uh, these are essentially called the the Four Noble Truths and. And I like the idea of noble, uh, but there's also uh, this uh, fourth and the first one is the awareness, the knowledge, the realization of uh, of dukkha or suffering or chaos, uh, the understanding of uh, the craving, the tana, the... The capacity to experience, uh, first in a, in kind of the moment-to-moment experience, uh, that right now uh, freedom exists for you. Uh, it is not outside. It's not for for me and not you. It's it's about all of us. That we all have that capacity here in this moment, and that there is also uh, if. There are enough of those moments. Uh, There is a, uh, a break in the continuity, maybe a fraction of a second. Uh, that is built up by the moment-to-moment, if this makes any sense to you, Uh, that uh, deeply uh, changes one's view, Uh, that is part of this practice. And then the fourth one is actually uh, uh, simply called uh, the path, that we have to walk uh, on this path uh, you have taken uh, a huge step by simply showing up here. You know, somewhere in you, uh, the uh, phenomenal karma that you have just to be here, you know, uh, of all the times uh, to be here right now. You know, and I guess if I could just impress on you uh, your choices, what it took for you to be here—it's not an accident. There is nothing happens by accident, um, and I think our ability to wake up to that is so uh, is um, a powerful impetus to um, to see truth, to see Dharma and that um, our actions do matter. Uh, And our actions come from our thoughts. And eventually they take form. And you had these thoughts, and it is here and it is taking form. And this is a kind of a crucible here Uh, Sometimes I imagine if we, if I took all the, if you had little projectors around here and all your stories were up on all the walls here, you know, uh, your judgments, your criticisms, your fears, your longings, you know, uh, you would recognize that this is a very beautiful, pristine place uh, from one view, from one view. From another view, this is actually a garbage dump, you know, and you are dumping—excuse uh, me—all uh, your stuff here, you know. But what's lovely, the path itself is actually about transformation. So it is taking these old stories, these longings, these fears. Uh, these um, uh, these needs. And it's kind of taking them and uh, this is a process of purification. They're getting put in this vat, this cauldron. You know, and this is being heated up day by day. We'll heat this up more. And it will then have a chance to uh, be transformed, uh, from, uh, sometimes you have to, um, uh, here you can, you know, you get kind of stuck on certain tapes, certain stories that you brought in with you, and you have to repeat them over and over and over again, I mean a hundred different directions. Sometimes I think you just have to get tired of them. Um, And maybe that's all this is, is you just get, finally you play it out so many times you get tired of it. Uh, other times, I think, uh, they're similar to other ones. And so you suddenly have this burst of insight uh, that dissolves it in its arising. You know, uh, one or the other. You know. uh, I think the latter is actually what happens most. We just repeat it over and over again. We're kind of slow, you know. Um, But we're doing it. That's what matters. Uh, You're here, no matter what stories you came in with. Uh, It doesn't matter. No. Uh, I believe this is big enough. I've seen it over and over for all these years, that uh, it can hold it. a line from Carl Jung. I would rather be whole than good. Think about it. I'd rather be whole than good. Uh, this willingness to kind of uh, what give up, abandon, let go of some of the the neurotic thoughts and karma that just keep us uh, captivity uh, over and over again so we play them over and over here over and over and over and over Hatred never ceases by hatred. Uh, Only through love is hatred healed. This is an ancient and eternal law. we become uh, the crucibles, the transformers. We transform ourselves. Uh, And this is a place uh, where uh, we do that. This is from the Tao Te Ching. To a mind that is still, the whole universe surrenders. To a mind that's still, the whole universe surrenders. So, I think enough, you no. You got your work, you uh, know what it is. And I guess from my perspective here, I simply uh, first commend you for not having left, um, it's first, uh, and that uh, you're willing to... Uh, pause and feel the restlessness and also the spaciousness uh, that is available uh, in this ability to pause not just the discomfort not just the restlessness but the spaciousness Um, freedom is not somewhere else so uh, and it's not something you have to look for. Uh, It's something that is just available in relaxing, Uh, and simply relaxing, relaxing deeply with this mindfulness. Uh, It is uh, self-liberating. You can't do it. You just have to work on kind of getting the stuff out and out of the way the rest will take care of itself Uh, the practice itself for me the deepest peace that I know uh, is ultimately that it's about trusting trusting the present that's it no place to go nobody Nothing. Just the present. So, I'll read a little roomy poem here to finish. Notice how each particle moves. Notice how everyone has just arrived here from a journey. Notice how each wants a different food. Notice how the stars vanish as the sun comes up, and how all streams stream towards the ocean. So let's just sit for a moment, just a moment of stillness. To a mind that still the whole universe surrenders. This talk was given by John Travis at Spirit Rock Meditation Center on September 27, 2001. It is an offering of the Dharma Seed Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.